Welcome to the High Vibe as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Bree, mentor, energy healer, energetic money, and business coach. I am obsessed with helping you heal on an emotional, mental, and spiritual level so you can break free from the crap holding you back and embody your potent high vibe as fuck energy. In this podcast, I teach you the energetic principles, tools, and resources you need to massively up-level your life, business, bank account, relationships, and really anything your heart desires. My intention with this podcast is that you walk away with a deep knowing and inner fire that you can be, do, and have anything your heart desires. You are here for a reason. You are here to live in your purpose. For ways to work with me, visit highvibeteaching.com and follow me on Instagram. Now let's get into the show. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to season two of the High Vibe as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Bree. It's been a while, but I am so excited to be here today. So there are a couple new changes going on. First of all, we have the YouTube video element here and also the traditional podcast on Apple and Spotify that you can listen to as well. But I love and wanted to add a video component because I absolutely love sitting down with my iPad opened to YouTube, listening to sit down podcasts while I do my makeup, while I, you know, cook, whatever I do. I love just having that sitting right next to me and vibing with what the speaker is saying and getting those intuitive hits and bursts of inspiration to help me get through the day. So welcome back to season two. I'm so excited that we are in season two after 90 something episodes today's episode is going to be a very special one. I am going to be sharing with you my money story. I'm going to be sharing with you how I created 12 streams of income on a teacher salary, how I was able to do it, the story behind my why, my how, how I grew up, and how if you are not aware of your money story, you will forever just be holding yourself back and you will forever just be playing a mediocre life. And for me, that is not what I've ever wanted to do and which is why I am here today. So I have my phone here. Um, I wrote the script out on my phone, just some notes and bullet points. But um, this podcast episode, My Money Story, is all about my birth into present 2022. Um, of course it's going to grow and expand as I grow and expand for years to come, but I wanted to give you an idea of how I grew up and made the choice not to be a product of my environment, but instead to break the mother effing cycle, which is such an empowering place to be in. So I do have a freebie down below for you. It is my millionaire teacher money plan. It is my step-by-step process as to how I did make the decision to create 12 different streams of income. My, um, it's like my how-to guide. So that is free. The link is down below. It is a phenomenal resource for you to get started. And keep in mind, like I started my 12 streams of income like maybe two years ago, actually, and now I have 12. So you'll understand by the end of this episode how I was able to do it and how you can make the easiest, smallest little step and pivot into creating your own version of financial freedom for you and your family. So why it's so important to understand money stories is every single person has a money story. 
all a money story is, is how you were raised and born into thinking what money represents. So for example, some people are born with a very limited belief around money. That was me. I grew up in a very hustle grind type of environment about money and, you know, never having enough, even no matter how hard you worked. And, you know, only special people got money and it's not open to everyone. You have to be a certain thing or you have to have a certain job or grow up in a certain family to earn um, an abundant amount of money. However, I'm telling you right now that is not true. That is a lie that we have been programmed to believe. It is a lie that has been running through our lineages for so long, our family lines for so long. And like I said, like I am here to break the cycle. And if you're listening to this podcast, you are too. So hell to the yes. It is one of the best jobs ever is to break the cycle of what you grew up in in that environment. Know better, do better, and have better for yourself and your family. So it's important to understand our money stories because in order for us to create a different future, we need to look to the past. Um, Our past is going to uncover so much about the blocks that we have around money, wealth, finances, financial freedom, um, and really just using our past to build a fire of growth and change to break the cycle, to change, to do better. Like, I'm so inspired and passionate about it. Um, I do have a sparkling water that I'm drinking this episode, so I will be going back and forth. And something even better, I'm not editing this. I'm not editing this podcast. I'm not editing the YouTube video here. It's just going to be a very real representation of me recording, sitting down, and talking to you like a friend, because you are my friend, right? We're BFFs. So... (laughs) Okay, got my notes open. And just keep in mind, every single one of us, if we are human and have a consciousness like we're living, we have a money story. And I guarantee you, it is not serving you because are we taught money, any type of financial literacy in school? No, I was not. Um, Are we taught any way on how to view money, work with money, invest money, taxes, any of that? Is that taught in school? No, it's not. So I challenge myself to be very um, well educated and well aware about money and the energy of money and all of that. So you are in the right place because it, it it's truly a dishonest or a, a disservice for yourself and your family if you, sorry for all the noise, if you are not educating yourself on how to create a better life financially um, and breaking again out of the cycle, the cycle of what we've been taught and trained to believe in about money. All right, here we go. Jumping into my money story and my intention with sharing my money story with you is you will gain a better understanding of where I came from. You will gain a much better understanding that we are the same. Like, even though my story may sound a little different than yours, the, the struggles and the lessons um, are the same. Uh, it looks different. I've, I've learned this through working with so many different people and talking with so many different people that our stories look different to the eye, but the lessons are the same. The growth is the same. So pay attention to how our stories feel the same. And we are no different from each other. (laughs) 
again, we are kind of like conditioned to think we're different than one another. We're not. We are more alike than what meets the eye. So let's go back to 1994 when I was born. <laughs> I was born to two parents. They're still married. They were still married then. And they worked full time. My parents worked full time my whole life. Um, my dad worked when I was born. He was a construction worker. But when my brother was born, my brother is three years younger than me. He went into working at Costco where he still works to this day. So my dad is, <laughs> has been working at Costco, I think for like 25 years. Um, he really loves his job and you know, I respect and I'm grateful for Costco for being such um, a great company for their workers. So my mom worked as a receptionist for a newspaper and she worked there since she was 18. So by the time I was born, she was there for a while. I think she was there for 10 years by the time I was born. And I actually went into childcare at six weeks because both my parents worked and they needed to work. They both needed to work and that's what they did. And um, I saw my mom, not really my dad. My dad worked nights, so he would sleep during the day and then sleep and work at night. But I really witnessed my mom being so stressed out about her job just being completely unhappy, but choosing to work anyways, because she had to. Um, I saw her being so stressed about her job and it's like, it's no blame on her, but it did impact me. It 1000% impacted me as a child because we are the products of our environment. We are, we absorb everything that we see. Um, we are open consciousnesses until the age of seven ish. So everything that she was doing, I thought was normal, but I just always questioned it. I, oh, I just never understood why someone would want to work a job that didn't light them the F up. <laughs> so I went into daycare at six weeks. And when I was in about fourth or fifth grade, I started to take on more of like responsibility around the house. So to help my mom with her stress levels, and just hoping she would come home in a better mood, <laughs> I would help make dinner. And I actually started cooking like dinners, like peeling potatoes, making mashed potatoes, like making roasts, like cooking hardcore when I was like in fourth and fifth grade. So I've known how to cook for a very long time. And it's because I wanted to help around the house with the house duties. And, um, again, cause my dad would sleep. My dad would just sleep. I would make dinner. Hopefully my mom would come home in a good mood. And sometimes she didn't because the stress, like stress will kill you. Stress is just, it's sucky. I, I just decide to live in a world where I am not stressed out. And trust me, it takes shifts, it takes pivots, and you will soon learn. So I always wondered why both of my parents worked so hard their entire lives but still stressed about money. I never understood. I never understood how my dad could work so hard. My mom could work so hard and just pour all of their soul and energy into their jobs. But we still struggled. It made no sense to me. Um, I remember a very, I remember the first time I learned that we were not like abundant in the money area in like third, fourth grade. I was outside with my mom. She just got home from work and like my mom was so just tapped out from her job that she would come home and just like not have any energy or desire to like say hi. 
it, it was a very interesting um, experience. But so she would come home and she would just like, I believe just kind of like numb herself out by doing other tasks. So she would like go in the front yard and like pull weeds, whatever. Mom, I love you. I know you'll probably hear this one day, but you, you did the best that you could. Again, no shame on my parents, no shame on your parents. They did the absolute best that they could. Um, again, we're not taught any of this stuff in school. So you just have to understand like where these behaviors and thoughts came from. My parents did the absolute best that they could. And I'm so grateful for them. But I remember the first time I realized we weren't wealthy, whatever, had a lot of money. Um, I was outside and my mom was just kind of like venting out and just saying like, right when she got home from work, like we need to budget, like we don't have money, like all stressed. And I remember being so pissed off. I remember being so mad because I, I would talk back to my parents. (laughs) I would snap back a little bit and I would be like, mom, like, why would I want to know that? Like, why are you telling me that? What's the point in you telling me we don't have money? So I'm stressed out. So I feel the pressure and the stress. Like I'm in fifth grade. Like, I don't know what to do. Like, how can I help? (laughs) So anyways, Growing up, like middle school, cool, whatever. Um, high school was when it got really interesting. So when I was in high school, like pretty much my whole life, keep in mind, all my needs were met. Like we had a house. Uh, my parents still live in that house as I am speaking here today. Um, I grew up in that house. It was like a little 1100 square foot home. Nothing. It was simple. You know, we lived very simply but we always had food. Um, I remember like I always wanted to fit in, right? Like growing up and all the other people that I was growing up with, like they wore name brand clothes like Hollister and Abercrombie and Fitch. And I always wanted to wear those clothes to fit in. I mean, let's be honest. And we, I never went to the store to buy those clothes, but instead we were pretty creative in my mom would find the clothes in the thrift store and she would buy them for me that way. Or I remember just going on eBay and bidding on large stockpiles of clothes that are Abercrombie and Hollister and like pink and Victoria's Secret, whatever. And we would bet on those clothes and bid and we would win the bid and that's how I would get my clothes from eBay and thrift stores. And even like for Christmas and my birthday, my mom would say, just pick something out that you want and I'll gift it to you that way. So I remember just bidding on these stockpiles of clothes on eBay. I even sold on eBay for a little bit, like the clothes I got, I resold when I was done with them. But we always like were supported or I always had my needs met. And even like I played travel sports like I played travel softball and that comes with a monthly fee like I'm sure if you're a parent that has a kid that plays sports you know it's not you know you need money to do that so both my brother and I played sports and you know I played on the USA softball team right so I mean they did a great job they did the best that they could I'm gonna keep saying that but like we didn't take vacations ever (laughs) and you know, we never had new cars. I remember just getting hand-me-down cars for my grandparents. Like my dad would drive a super like old Buick. And I'm like, what? I was just, again, so I just didn't understand like how all my other friends' parents 
pretty much kind of had the same job as my parents, but my parents just never like, they just always acted like they never had money. Um, and it was just so interesting to me, but yeah, no vacations, no new clothes, really just, we were creative and did it all, um, that we could. And my freshman year of high school going that summer freshman year, going into my sophomore year, this is when it's getting interesting. Um, my mom's job that she had for 26 years fired her. She lost her job in a day. (laughs) And I remember the day it happened, um, came home and it was just wild. And just like that, we were on like a struggle bus of trying to work our way upward. And I, it was so interesting because I know my mom didn't like her job. Like I know she didn't, you could tell, but she still worked at that job because that was all that she knew. Even though it was causing so much stress, she wasn't having fun. She still stuck with it, you know, for reasons X, Y, and Z. But um, this is when shit got really real. This is when it got really, really real. And like it got so real to where we didn't have money for the trash services and we didn't have money for electricity. Sometimes I would come home and the electricity would be off. And then like I would have to try to help my dad like call and figure out how to turn it back on because my mom was like, I don't know, trying to find a job. I don't really remember like all the little details, but my mom was severely like depressed. Okay. She lost her job after 26 years. I would come home from school and just be in that environment and like trying to help my family out the best that I could. And at the same time, trying not to be absorbed into it either, but it was rough. It was hard. We didn't have, this is kind of when we weren't having our basic necessities met. And I made a choice right then and there in my sophomore year of high school. Like, honestly, even before that, I made the choice that this is not the life I'm going to live. I'm not going to raise my kids in this. I mean, mom and dad, I love you so much. Like, you gave me what I have now. Like, thank you. But I don't want to continue the pattern. I don't want to continue the cycle. I want to break the cycle. And I made the choice right then and there that that was not going to be my life. Um, continuing forward. So, you know, my, and another thing that just never made sense to me was like, my mom always wanted to work. Like she always wanted, wanted to work, wanted to find work, went on so many interviews, just could not find a job. And it never made sense to me how someone who wanted (laughs) a job so badly could not find a job to support their family. It just, I questioned how and why. <laughs> so I remember in eighth grade um, in my history class, they did a whole lesson and presentation on college. And they did a whole lesson and presentation on if you went to college, you would make $1 million more in your lifetime compared to someone who did not go to college. And right then and there, I was like, oh, okay, fine. I'm going to college. Like, whatever. I'm going to college because that is what's going to lead me to being financially free and not stressed out about money like how I grew up. Um, So I made that decision like eighth grade, I was going to go to college. So when I graduated high school, um, I, like I said, I played collegiate or I played softball. I was a good softball player. I was very good at it. Um, I played for the USA softball team in Europe, traveled to Europe, played 
to represent the U.S. of A. And when I got back, that was my freshman year of college, and I had to make a choice if I was going to go to a four-year four year university and play college or not, basically. And I made the choice to choose the path that was the least financial burden on me because I knew it was never said necessarily, but I knew for certain my parents were not going to be able to send me to college, pay for college. They were not able to do it. I already knew they didn't have to tell me, (laughs) but you know what? I took charge of my own life at this point and I made the decision to go the less expensive route with college. So I decided to stay at the local junior college, like down the street from my house, really. So I went there for my freshman year and I played softball there, but I did not like it. So me and my good friend, Hannah, that I met that year, shout out Hannah, um, we decided to move out to Orange County and play college softball out there. So I moved out to Huntington Beach for the first time all by myself. And I remember telling my parents that day, that night when I made that choice that I was going to um, move out. And the first thing my mom said was, we can't afford, we can't afford an apartment for you. Like we can't afford college like that. And I said, it's fine. Like I got it. I got it. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to pay my own bills. I'm going to do it all. I'm going to figure it out. And even before this, so like right when I graduated high school, I had an opportunity to play for a couple different schools, um, but I just didn't want to, I didn't want to put all that financial burden on myself um, going out of state. And it it was never like a full ride scholarship anywhere. Uh, I just, I don't know. I wasn't like falling in love with softball. I was falling out of love with softball, out of love with softball at this point. And I just wanted to create a really solid foundation for my future. And honestly, you guys, like softball is really fun and I loved it, but it wasn't going to pay my bills at all. Like there's no professional softball league. (laughs) So I had to be very um, strategic on what I wanted to do. So I went to junior college, like like I said, and then moved out to Orange County. And oh my fucking God, you guys, I worked all summer and maybe had like, a thousand something bucks in my account, maybe. And I was looking everywhere for a job in Orange County. I was going to so many different interviews. I was like just going anywhere and everywhere. And I put myself in some not like some bad situations. If I'm going to be honest with you, I put myself in some bad situations, trying to find ways to make money, uh, learned a lot couldn't find a job. And I actually had to take out a loan to live because I couldn't find a job. And it was October. And I actually, um, was in school at this point to be a nurse. And then I got a kidney infection and thank God I was on my parents' insurance. Um, went to the doctor and I got like shots to help me or whatever. And I saw how like glum it was kind of to be a nurse. So I'm glad that for that experience, because I made the decision to be a teacher instead, instead of a nurse. But, um, and then I remember it was, I had $200 in my account, $200 in my account. And I had to pay for rent coming up and, and I had to pay for rent coming up and I had to pay for my medication for my kidney infection. It was really stressful. 
So I had to take out a loan. Fast forward after that year of my sophomore year, I guess you could say of college, I decided to move back to my hometown, go back to a junior college again, because I had a few more things to finish up. And then I had to made the choice to go to a satellite college instead of going to a traditional four year, like going in a dorm, moving out of state, moving out of my hometown, I decided to stay in my hometown. And I got my undergrad that way through a satellite school. I never had a traditional college experience. That was something that I made a choice not to do just to set myself up, you know, more for financially for the future. Cause I knew I was responsible for paying back all my student loans. And, um, I always work full time too. So I was working full time at Office Depot as like an actual store, like manager, pretty much. I was, I had the keys. I was um, doing all the money. I was in charge of hiring people. Like I was doing all this stuff. And um, I graduated college, never had the college experience. I used to feel pretty bad about it. Like back in the day, like, again, this was my early twenties. I just decided to put my head down and to stay focused on my path. And my path was I was going to graduate college, be a teacher and be financially free, (laughs) you know, have that all figured out. And I just blocked out a lot of the noise of all the, you know, people I went to high school with, like they all got to have college experiences. Their parents paid for their colleges. Like they literally just got to focus on school. I remember friends that I was surrounded with too, especially in Orange County, like They literally got to not, they didn't need to work. Like their parents just paid, like helped them so much. I used to hold a lot of resentment or like a lot of like low vibrational feelings around that, but I healed it. Um, I healed it. And that's part of making that shift. It's part of breaking that cycle. Um, It's, that's what it's all about healing and breaking free from those lower vibrations um, that are holding us back. So anyways, um, I graduated college and I have my, had my undergrad in child development. And then I had to go to another two years to get my teaching credential for California. So went to college still working full-time and then I got my full-time teaching job, my first year full-time teaching job. And the first day of my first year back to school night, the first second, all the parents were in the room saw the parents coming in through the door and I said, what the hell did I do? I don't like this job. What am I doing? This is not for me. In that second, it was a hardcore click of this is not it. But because I went to college for seven years, I have my master's degree in education at this point. I just decided to continue to try and keep going. But that's honestly a story for another day. But, um, in 2019, now this is the key thing. Um, in 2018 was when I first started teaching and I started my YouTube channel in 2018. I, throughout my whole time preparing, going to school to be an educator, I fell in love with the teaching community on YouTube. I fell in love with the knowledge that was like open. It, it was such a beautiful experience. I remember the first time I saw a teacher YouTuber on YouTube, I was subbing and I said, oh my God, this is amazing. Like I am getting so much amazing information just from watching YouTube channels or like watching classroom vlogs. Um, it was indescribable really. 
And I said, when I'm a teacher, I'm gonna do this. When I get my own classroom, I'm gonna share too. I've always loved YouTube. I used to love beauty YouTube. I used to watch it all day long, 24 seven, honestly. And I wanted to do something like that. I wanted to help others the same way that these teacher YouTubers help me. And I even tell people to this day who want to go into teaching and who want to be a teacher, like watch teacher YouTube watch YouTube teachers on YouTube, um, watch their vlogs, watch what they're doing in class. Look at them, watch them, um, tap into that energy, like tap into what they are doing. Because I will still say to this day, I have a master's degree in education. Yes. But I learned the most not through college. <laughs> I learned the most through YouTube. And I remember like people coming up to me and saying like, wow, like you're, you seem like such a seasoned teacher. Like, how do you know to do all these things? And I said, YouTube, YouTube school does not teach you how to be an effective teacher. In my opinion, YouTube does. So I wanted to create and join that conversation and join that. All of that. That was my intention was to share what I've learned, share what I'm learning to others to help them. Well, in 2018, I got pretty much fired for my YouTube channel uh, because I was a teacher YouTube channel. My district didn't like it. They never expressed that though, but that's again, a story for another day, but I lost my first year teaching job. I mean, I was still good enough to like finish the whole year out, but they let me know in March that I was not going to be asked back and it crushed me. Not going to lie. This was like a very rough time in my life. <laughs> and I was still at this point in time, I was engaged I was going to be moving out with my husband or my fiance at the time. We we're going to get an apartment throughout all of this. I was working like working, substituting, working full time, going to school. Then I got a job as a teacher prematurely. Like I got my job as a teacher because they needed teachers, teachers so bad. I got my job before I was even done with my credential in schooling. So I was going to school full time and teaching full time. And it was wild so stressful. Like I had no idea what stress actually felt like until I became a teacher and was completely out of alignment. And I'm not saying every teacher is stressed out to that degree, but when you are out of alignment, that is when you feel stress and that is when you need to shift things. So let me take a drink really quick. So I got another teaching job my second year at a different district. Um, me and my husband, now husband, then fiance Jake, we were going to be moving out into an apartment. And I had all this money saved, you guys. I think the most money I ever had saved through working all these different jobs and doing all these different things and like finding creative ways to make money, like selling things on eBay and all this stuff. I had like 50,000 to $60,000 in my savings account. And I used to think, oh, savings the way to go. Well, again, this will be for a different podcast episode, but it's better to, in my opinion, to invest into things and let your money work for you. Again, we're not taught this in school. Yes. We're just taught to live cheap, right? Save money, live cheap, blah, blah, blah. But my brother, who's three years younger than me, he came up to me. He said, Hey, do you want to buy a house together? Cause it'll be the same amount of mortgage or like the mortgage will be the same as a monthly installment for an apartment, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So I have a whole YouTube video on that. It'll be down below. 
but I, and I have a podcast episode about it as well, if you're interested, but we invest into our first rentals property and this was in 2019. We renovated the whole house. I was living with four other men and me in this house and it was a really rough time for me during this um, season of my life. I was engaged. I was so lost. My job was just not doing it for me. It was like November 2019. Like, yes, I invest in this house, right? And I loved it. But I was just so out of alignment. I was so sad. Like, this was my dark night of the soul, for sure. I, I literally would wake up every single morning and just not want to wake up. <laughs> I didn't want to go to work. I don't think there was ever a day where I woke up excited to go teach. I'll be honest with you. I don't think so. Maybe once or twice, but no. So again, just wanted to figure out why, like what's not clicking, what's going on. And I remember watching, thinking to myself, like watching these different, um, business owners being interviewed. I think I was watching Instagram or YouTube or something. And like, there's these different business owners being interviewed, just talking about their success in their business, talking about them being successful. And it's funny cause it was only like, like men talking in this interview. And I literally said to myself, I couldn't, I would love to own a business and operate a business, but I can't because I'm not smart enough. I was never smart in school. I was always like the average Eh. like, I mean, I had to work really hard to pass all my teaching tests and, you know, I had to really prepare myself, but growing up, I was always in like the intervention groups. Like I remember in second grade, I was in a reading intervention group because I was not a strong reader and I never read <laughs> because I was like pretty much told I was not a good reader. And growth mindset was not a thing back then. So I just thought you're either smart or you're not. I used to think like you were either a good reader or you weren't. You were good at school or you weren't. I was always in the middle. I was never like that student that this teachers loved. Again, this is a different conversation for a different time, but I became a teacher because I never had a good teacher. So I thought like me being a teacher, I was going to help and really live in my purpose and all this stuff. Anyways, so I remember telling myself I was not smart enough to own and operate a business. Then 2020 hit. A lot of things became unveiled. A lot of changes were happening. I was seeing really what was going on in the school link system. I was seeing what was happening with like a lot of the BS that I was like, this does not match with me morally. Like, this is weird. This is weird. I don't understand. Like, how is it okay that these kids are never coming to online class, but they're getting past the next grade level? I don't get it. And I, again, was really deep into my dark night of the soul here. Like, so sad, so scared, so low vibrational. And then shout out to my husband. I love you. <laughs> You put up with me so well. Like, you are truly my life partner. Um, he kind of lit my ass on fire. And, you know, he really helped me empower myself to make some really interesting changes in my life. So earlier that year in 2020, I decided to create my digital Teachers Pay Teachers store. 
And what that is, is like teachers are able to create curriculum and worksheets and projects and assignments and all this fun stuff and create lesson plans for other teachers to buy. So they don't have to waste so much time planning because the planning part of teaching is just ridiculous. So I started to make products for that and I was making like $2 a month ish, making a little bit here and there, here and there. And 2020 happened. It was like April time. We were supposed to get married in June that year. It wasn't happening. And I found so much solace. I found so much guidance. And like, I found my inner fire again when I started to do the self-development work. When I started to search within myself on like a very deep soul level, I would listen to podcasts and just feel so enlightened and so fired up to just keep going, keep going, figuring it out. Like, what is my purpose? What am I supposed to do? Um, and this is what led me to make a podcast. But I let me look at my notes again. I don't want to go super off track because sometimes I do that. But I created my first yeah, my TBT store in 2020 in January. Now, fast forward to like summertime 2020, it was in July, we got news that we will not be returning to the classroom. I was very upset about it. Teaching online was just absolutely terrible. And um, I was starting to read in the summer of 2020, I was starting to read about wealth mindset wealth consciousness, financial literacy. I always wondered how, how was it that people were born into, you know, um, into low socioeconomic situations? How were they able to rise above and create booming businesses? How were they able to, I mean, even the people that were bad at school, like how were they able to create booming impactful businesses? How were they able to do that? It didn't make sense to me. And I always knew like, if someone else can do something, I can do it too. I knew that on a very deep level. So I started to really tap into the energy of money and business. And how do the wealthy people think? Um, what do the wealthy people teach their kids that is not taught to you know, kids like me, like that grew up not with wealthy parents and that went to public school, like, again, zero financial literacy in public school. Still to this day, like there is no curriculum for financial literacy in school settings. As of now, but I'm gonna change that. Um, but I just wanted to figure out how, how people were able to create businesses with no business knowledge, no business school, you know, you hear that all the time. I didn't, I don't have business knowledge. I don't have business school. All I had was an idea and a passion and a drive. And out of this information in July, 2020, I decided to make a vision board, which is something I love to do to this day. And on that vision board, I said, I'm visualizing and creating and attracting, making, earning a thousand dollars through my teachers pay teachers store. And no joke, that next month I got, I earned $900, $989 and then like midnight hit and then it was the full thousand. But that following month I hit over a thousand dollars in a single like month, this huge growth happened. And I said, okay, I think I got, okay, okay. I'm figuring it out. I'm getting it. It's our minds. 
it's our mind. Our mind is getting in the way. We are getting in the way of our wealth of building and creating more money. It's us. And part of it's not our fault because we've been conditioned a certain way, but it also is our fault when we allow the limiting beliefs to stop us, when we allow to fall victim to our circumstance, when we make the choice to be in the victim mentality and the pity mentality, when we like we have full choice and power in our lives and how they go. I believe that full deep down. That is why I say you can be, do, and have anything your heart desires because I know that to be fact. It is truth. It is truth. We just have to make the choice. We have to be courageous and we have to say no more and we have to stand up and we have to make the investments and we have to learn. We cannot just settle for what is getting taught to us without questioning it questioning it, understanding it, asking why, why isn't financial literacy taught in school? Why wasn't I ever pro or why, how come I don't know how to create a business or how to manage my taxes or how come I do not understand money? Why do my, why am I programmed to believe, or why do I believe that in order to make money, it's just through my job. And in order to get a good job, I have to go to college. Why? Why is that a thing? So from there, from 2020, seeing this potential, I said, hell yeah, got it. And I decided that I am going to create a business. I am going to break the chain. I am not going to work a job that drains the living soul out of me. I'm going to make those choices. I'm going to make the pivots. And from this, I created High Vibe Teaching, which is my coaching business. It's where like my TBT is from, like my financial literacy resources, membership courses. This is part of my 12 streams of income. Um, again, we were we are trained to believe that in order for us to be wealthy, we it, there's only one path, and that's through our one job, and we have to sacrifice and grind and hustle, and be unhappy for the dollar. We don't. That is a lie. That is one way to do it. Sure, you want to do it that way, fine. It's not the only way though. So, from this point, from 2020, not even two years later, I have High Vibe Teaching as a business that has multiple different um, streams of income. I have a car rental business, me and my husband run, which is in a whole new additional stream of income. Let me change my battery one second on my camera before it goes out. Please hold. So I learned through asking the heart, like these questions as to how do the wealthy become wealthy? What do they teach their kids? Like, how are they talking about money in their households? And it's a completely different mindset. Money is a mindset. Money is an energy. Financial freedom is an energy. Um, the number one thing I learned was a lot of these businesses or like even YouTubers or whatever, social media people, they have multiple streams of income. They do not just rely on one stream of income. When you only rely on one stream of income, such as your job, can you, can you just feel the amount of stress that has on you 
when you completely dislike and hate your job, but that's your only source of income. So you wake up and you're just so unmotivated. You wake up and you're not lit the F up. You wake up and you just drag your feet and grind and go and you slowly die inside. That was me. I was slowly dying inside every single day until I created my business. And now I love this business so much. And I am here now to show you how you can take the reins on your life, how you can make the choices in your life, how you can decide this is not how I'm going to live. I'm not going to live in fear. I'm going to live a life that lights me up. I'm going to live a high vibe as F life. And it all starts with making a small little shift and change. And just by you listening to this podcast and getting a feel for my energy and getting a feel in this other perception on how money works and how to create financial literacy for yourself, um, you already opened the door. <laughs> All it is is just opening up to possibilities, opening up to these different ways of viewing things and like trying it and being very aware of what you are telling yourself. What is your ego saying? Anything that tells you you cannot be, do, and have anything your heart desires is a bullcrap lie that should be immediately questioned. And I am very sincere in that. Anything that tells you that. Number one thing that people say is like, your job's not supposed to be fun. That's a bullcrap lie. That's not true. I have, I built my job. <laughs> I built my job. This is my job. And I love it. It's okay. Listen, there's a difference between like it being hard, but like satisfying. Yeah. It's challenging. Like I'm hitting my energetic edge pretty much every single day, but that's the life I choose to live. I will not settle for being less than my best. I will not settle for being like less than my full expression of myself for settling. No, absolutely not. So this podcast my business high vibe teaching is all about teaching you how to use that fire to move you forward, to build a beautiful life beyond your wildest dreams, to create that financial literacy or create that financial freedom through educating yourself on financial literacy, which I'm going to do for you. Don't even worry about it. This is your one stop shop on how you will understand financial literacy. Like I am doing all the things. I can't wait for what the future holds. Um, really, I do believe my purpose is to help inspire and teach others, teach others. I'm still a teacher, even though I'm not in the traditional classroom, how financial literacy works, money, taxes, all that stuff. Like that's my job. <laughs> no one else has done it. I'm gonna do it. So with that in mind, thank you so much for listening. Any questions you have, please email me, follow me on Instagram. That is the best place to hit me up, to reach out to me. I am going to be creating amazing programs in the future. One of my main signature course is going to be coming out very soon. So if you want to have a very special opportunity to work with me and your financial literacy and your money management, everything to do with money and wealth, if that is calling your name, you will want to be in my first round of my group coaching program. It's going to be very special. And because it's my first time running it, you are going to be getting a very good deal, a very good energetic exchange for you being the first person to go through it, you know, keeping that consistent and you will not want to miss out. So you will want to follow me on Instagram right now at Brie Thompson XO. Um, that is my 
page on Instagram. Also check out my website at highviveteaching.com and email me whatever you need. Any ideas you have for the show, whatever it is, I am here to help serve you, guide you, and to help you unblock and unlock your true money frequency potential and be a high vibe AF person because we are not here to live a mediocre life. I'm telling you that right now. And money's just an amplifier. It helps us. It helps us build a beautiful world. We need money in order to change this world, okay? Money's not evil. That's another thing. Okay, I gotta go. I'm just rambling at this point. (laughs) What I always do. So, thank you so much for listening. I will catch you in my next episode. Be sure to hit subscribe. Ring the bell too so you are notified. And I will see you in my next episode. All right, bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you absolutely loved what you heard today, please make sure to leave a review on iTunes so I can keep the good stuff coming your way. Come tap into the extra motivation and inspiration over on Instagram or on my website at highviveteaching.com. I am obsessed with your dedication to uplevel your life and I can't wait to connect with you again. Until then, go out and create your high vibe as fuck life.